Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. My friends, I'm Brendan Burchard, host of The Brendan Show and founder of GrowthDay.com, and I'm honored to be your high-performance coach today. I believe that every day we can be inspired, we can live with intention and purpose, we can bring the joy and honor the struggles of each day to push ourselves to, to grow, to serve, to be a role model, to lead extraordinary lives. I believe that every day is a great day to grow. That's why I started my company, GrowthDay.com. It's an online personal growth platform where you can get me and the world's best personal development teachers live, coaching you every week, sharing our wisdom, keeping you motivated and accountable, encouraging you to find the aliveness and the connection and meaning of life that we're all after. If you're not a member yet, please go sign up at GrowthDay.com and join our huge worldwide community of achievers. For less than a dollar a day, you get the world's best teachers live every week. And look, you've probably known for a long time that you needed some expert guidance and inspired community and life-changing tools. So please 
Your breakthrough awaits you at growthday.com. Now, let's get to today's episode, my friends. Please listen closely. Maybe you take some notes so you remember these insights of personal growth. And share this episode with three of your friends because we all have to share more positive messages in the world today. So share this with three friends, just like you who are committed to their personal growth. And also be sure to tag me or DM me on Instagram at Brendan Burchard. Join our million plus community there on Instagram so I can say hi. Thanks again for listening. Now let's begin. I was talking with my mastermind members uh, in, a, in a chat today. Victor asked, Brendan, I don't even know what questions to ask myself, but I've always found that when I get the right question, it opens up another thing. So what questions do you ask and how do I find them? So here's what mine are. These are my 10 questions that I ask myself that help me decide moving business. Cause you also saw, many of you saw me reinvent, you know, one of my entire companies from our HPX coaching into growth day. And I was a, you know, doing my own thing and now we're doing growth day. We're building a software company with over 50 employees. You know, it's like, whoa, that's a very different pivot, isn't it? Than just doing Brennan's one-to-one coaching or Brennan's group coaching. I brought in other teachers because that was important to me in what I thought would be my next level of service. Well, if I'd never asked, what's my next level of service? I would have never gotten to growth day. So the power of a question can help you reinvent in meaningful ways. So here's my 10 questions. First question, my favorite question to ask, how can I deepen my presence and appreciation of life so that I feel the day more? If you're taking notes, you might just write down the phrase, feel the day. Feel the day. I'm always thinking about that. How do I deepen my presence? How do I become more mindful, more present? As Jonathan Fields teaches, savor the moments more. How do I level up or lift up my sense of gratitude so I can deepen my experience of life? So that I can feel the day more. When I go to bed at night, I'm like, wow, I really felt that day. And... I believe what others have shared is that when you feel like you're just going through the motions in life and you're not actually feeling or experiencing the vibrancy, the pop, the depth, the gratitude, the beauty of life and your blessings, that is where we should start. Often we think of reinvention, we need more, more, more. And sometimes I tell people, well, reinvention often starts with deeper, deeper, deeper. That we can want more, but we can also teach ourselves to be more profoundly happy with what we have, where we're at, who we are. This is the stuff of mindfulness, of self-acceptance and self-love, and of gratitude. So I don't think we ever get that answer perfectly. And that's why I love questions because it's about asking them in a, in a continual basis here. And so when I think about that, this first question, you know, I find myself inspired by it on a daily basis of how I feel and reminding myself to make sure that, you know, I'm attentive to that. How can I deepen my presence and appreciation of life so that I feel the day more. Sometimes you don't even have to get past that first question. I believe that that question I will ask for the rest of my life. I will never master. I feel like the the great teachers of mindfulness, whether in Buddhism or Taoism or in yogic work or in, you know, philosophy and cultures of past, that it was always about this question in some way or another. How can I deep my presence, appreciation of life so that I feel the day more? Second question, how can I be a better role model for my family, team, and community? 
I love to ask this question immediately after. The first one is all about really me feeling, experiencing, and enjoying life. The second one I love because it challenges and pushes me to remind me that I am not an island alone on this planet. I have an opportunity to influence others. I have an opportunity to stand for something, to be a good role model for my family and the people I'm blessed to work with and serve alongside with, with the people who I'm blessed to interact with and serve with you. How can I be a better role model? What would that look like? How can I deepen my integrity? How can I be more vulnerable? How can I ask them more questions? How can I listen more? How can I show a visionary aspect of life? These are all subsets of asking how to be a role model. People are watching you. And I know when you're at home or when you're struggling, you think no one's watching. Oh, they're watching. They're watching how you talk about difficulty. They're watching what you complain about. They're watching whether your complaint is matched by problem solving and seeking solutions or just complaining. They're watching how you talk about your neighbors. They're watching whether you cut down people or you pull them up. They're watching whether you actualize your dream. They're watching whether you push yourself, whether you walk the talk. And no one's perfect at this, but that's why I like the question. It's just asking, how can I be a better role model? And it's up to you to decide what does that mean? Because how you're a role model maybe to one child is different than to your other child, or how you be a role model with this team is different than that team. But I'm always asking that question. Why? Because it demands more of me. It demands more of me. It demands that I'm attentive to my impact with others. When I'm attentive to the impact I have on others, now I can be an intentional human. Now I can be a service-based human. Otherwise, you know, in the old language of, of philosophy, you know, I'm just a selfish clod. You know, that I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember who's who who used that phrase one time I read that. I was like, ooh, wow, calling this, this, this. Uh, philosopher talked about humans could be selfish clods. And I thought, what a terrible phrase. But I was like, I've been there. When I was a teenager, I would say I was a selfish clod. I, I didn't understand how my energy affected my classmates, how my energy affected our family dynamic, how the words I said either lifted up those around me or hurt them. So I think this is an important one. How to be a role model. How many of you wish more of our politicians cared about being a good role model? <laughs> you know, how many wish our leaders were more intentional and attentive to their impact on other people's genuinely? I do. And if you do, then demand it of yourself. Demand it of yourself if you desire it from others. You want other people to be more honest? You be more honest. You want other people to put other people first? You learn to do it. You want your spouse, your partner to be more loving and open and compassionate? Start with you. I really believe that that is all the stuff of the role model. If you've heard me teach before on this topic, I love to talk about the role model mindset. And that's what this question is getting to. It's about putting myself in the positioner and the role of a leader and asking, how would a great human deal with this? How would a great human deal with this? Because I want to be a great, who wants to be a great human? I want to be a great human. So, and what that means for you and me might be slightly different, but I think that aspiration to be good and to be thoughtful is important. And to me, I go, I just want to be a good human. So I ask when I'm facing a difficulty, I go, how would a great human deal with this? What would, what would their mindset be? How, what decision would they make here? This is why I believe reading about ethics, which unfortunately we've yanked out of the, most of the school systems around the world and why we're having so much worldwide dilemmas. We don't teach civics and ethics uh, very much anymore. It's certainly not the levels we used to focus on those things. You know, in the graveyard of, of the school curriculum testing went, 
philosophy and ethics and civics. And we wonder why we teach, treat each other so terribly. But when you read maybe a book recommendation, if you have not read anything in ethics before that you might like is uh, to make it really accessible is a book by Rushworth Kidder. And it's called How Good People Make Tough Decisions. And Rush was one of the original icons of teaching ethics in the modern era. I think you'll love the book, How Good People Make Tough Decisions. It helps me think through how a role model would consider a situation. Because I might not know the answer, but at least there's some frameworks there that might help you. Third question. What do I need to do to take care of my health so that I have the energy, the stamina, and the drive to enjoy life and serve at my highest? So notice I'm seeking energy for two reasons. One, to enjoy life. Because when you are tired, wiped out, exhausted, it's hard to truly enjoy life. Those feelings and emotions and energetic levels do take away from the enjoyment of life. And we've all been there. You know, I, like many of you, I've had many, 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 many major medical situations in my life where I was wiped out. I've broken most of the bones in my body. I've been in hospital beds on my deathbed three times. I know what it feels like not to be in good health. And that is why when I'm not in those situations, I optimize for good health because I can tell the difference. And you've been there before. You get sick and then you get better and you're like, oh my God, it's a whole difference. Well, many of us, because of our diets or our cultures, we are quote unquote sick. You know, the way that we feed ourselves or the things that we drink are poisoning our system from being optimized. I don't, I'm not here to sell or shill anything to you except for, as you've heard me teach in Growth Day, and I've taught in my high-performance work for 15 years every year, I encourage my audiences this simple thing. If you've never gotten in the best health of your life in a year, where you said, this year, I will get in the best year of my health, and you actually stuck to it, then make it this year. Because once you taste the positive energy from good health, you don't go back. Maybe once in a while, you, you know, you still have your cheat meals, pizza is mine. Let's see, what would we, yeah, pizza. And not that sushi is a cheat meal, it's just the volume of sushi I eat. Anyone else? I don't know what, why can you eat so much sushi? I'm just this little person, I eat so much. But <laughs> we all got our vices, I'm sure. But if you constantly poison yourself with terrible food, and terrible drink, and you don't move, you're too sedentary, and you don't breathe, that is going to lead to a net emotional result that you don't want. It's going to lead to a net energetic level that won't serve you in achieving your dreams, dealing with the stress, being the role model, and most importantly, having the brain function necessary to solve complex problems that always present themselves as you strive for something extraordinary. So please take care of yourself. And I'm not here to preach what that is. I'm here to hopefully inspire the decision. You can find your how, but inspiring the decision comes from this question. What do I need to do to take care of my health so that I have the energy, the stamina, and the drive to enjoy life. Remember, enjoyment is first. And second, to serve at my highest. For some of you who've been around or knew my brand before the pandemic, I, I used to do, you know, on average, eight four-day seminars a year for 11 years. So if you've never been to a seminar before, they're exhausting. They're exhausting to attend, let alone be on the stage. And usually I would be on the stage about nine hours on average a day. And I would, in my course of teaching, because I didn't do a lot of multi-speaker, usually it was me and maybe one or two other speakers, but I'd quarterback the whole day, you know, usually nine hours on stage a day because I was teaching. And so on average, I would do the physical exertion of a marathon a day. Like literally they strapped one of those things to me and did those, you know, all those readings. Like, wow, your, 
You're burning the calories and doing the movements of a marathon a day for four days straight. And I share this story because um, in the first couple of years, I didn't take that seriously. And I was wiped out. And you know what? I could see when I was wiped out, my teaching quality went down. Any teachers here know that? When you're just not energetically there, your, your presence with the audience goes down. Your, your creativity in the moment on stage to be spontaneous and smart goes down. And your motivation goes down. And tell you what, if you gotta be on stage that many hours and you're dealing with that, I could feel it, man. And I thought, these people have traveled from around the world to be here with me. They're counting on something magical happening here. And I'm showing up wiped out. And I'm getting wiped out. They deserve more than that from me. I didn't get healthy to be able to pull that off at my seminars for a decade because I, you know, it's like, for me, it was other people. I was like, they deserve more from me. If it was up to me, pina coladas all day, I don't know. I'm sure I would fall to my vices. It was just up to me. But once you have a calling to serve, you pull yourself out of your own impulsive, reactive, or comfort ease and into the mode of, I'm willing to challenge myself to get better for them. Whether them is the kids, the next generation, your audience, your team. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. So again, I'm not telling you the how, but I'm suggesting, can we inspire the decision today to get better health so you have better energy so you can enjoy life and serve at another level? These are, these. I ask myself these questions so many times, I, I'm probably annoying you all with them, but I, I hope you like them. They help me a lot. Number four, what can I build learn or invest in now that will lead to outsized returns five to 10 years from now? What can I build, learn, or invest in now that will lead to outsized returns five to 10 years from now? So I'll walk you through a couple of different examples. When I thought about this in my business, what could I build? I'm like, you know what? I can build software. Software has outsized returns in the marketplace than just media, right? Content has one valuation in the marketplace, software has another. I'm gonna build software around what I usually do and bring in other people because that will have more returns five and 10 years later than if it was just me again. Okay, cool. What can I learn? Oh, well, you know, when I was starting my career, I had to learn to talk, to communicate. Public speaking, I, I wish I could say it came naturally to me. I was mortified of it. I threw up before speeches. I spent a series of years teaching myself to express myself and to talk. And for me, not an easy journey, but I knew, I knew that that skill, that one skill, that one skill could change everything. That if I could learn to communicate well, that means I could, you know, not only have good relationships, but gosh, as a skill, I could learn how to get people, you know, um, feeling like I hear them. I could learn how to empathize better. That one skill would help me be able to persuade or to negotiate or to sell or get people to believe in my ideas. I could learn how to collaborate with people through conflict. I thought communication is a skill I need to learn. And I'm still teaching myself that to this day, to this day. I have a coach right now helping me learn how to communicate better through conflict. And so I think it's something you, these aren't questions that you just solve one day. These are lifelong journeys and constant state of reinvention, learning, getting better. What could you learn? Maybe another one for you might be, you know, marketing or sales. Maybe one for you might be how to build something specific. Um, another question I ask is part of this, of course, how can I build, learn, or invest in something now that will leave outside returns? So early in my career, I thought, well, 
if I'm going to be on these platforms and building my brand on these platforms, how can I make sure that I can promote the platform? And as the platform builds, I'm compensated from it. So that's why I started promoting other platforms and tools like Kajabi. Many of you know, I was the first investor in Kajabi, now a $2 billion valued company. Well, when we started, it was like a web page builder. You know, it was tiny, but I thought, okay, I'm going to be on this thing. So how can I promote it and maybe invest in it so that as I rise, it rises and we all win. And that ended up being one of the most outstanding financial results I never saw coming in my life. But I decided early on, I'm going to invest in all these things. So I've invested in all these other companies that as I built on them, the platform's built and leads to outsized returns later. Just one simple thing. Other folks, you know, you, you, maybe you invest in your 401k, your index fund. You go watch the David Bach sessions in Growth Day and learn to get your finances in order so that you have outsized returns later in life. That's powerful stuff, man. That's powerful stuff. Part of this question. Uh, the fifth question. For me, I ask, how can I improve the entire customer journey in our business? from that first touch point to a year later and just architect that really, really well. We're in that process with Growth Day right now as I'm reinventing how I used to do things to learning how to run a software company. It's like a big question I'm always asking like, okay, how do I get better at this? And many of you guys have given us great feedback on this point and we're trying to get better. Like, that, like I said, self-improvement's a way of life. You're always doing it. So for me, it's, what does that communication look like? And what does it feel like? And how does we keep it going? If you're an entrepreneur, obviously that question is vital. If you're not an entrepreneur, then in, but you're in business, then what's the primary question you should be asking in your career to become more excellent or to grow? If you're stay at home, and you've got the mission of creating a great family. Same question happens here. How can I support my children the best way through their life cycle of development at this stage or age of their life and planning and preparing for the next stage and planning and preparing for the next stage? Right? Just being strategic in how you think through the life cycle of whatever it is that you do or whoever it is that you support. Hey, it's Brendan jumping back in here again. Are you looking to go to the next level in your life right now? The next level of joy, abundance, success? Then you already know that you need to journal about your lessons learned in your life. You gotta track your moods and your habits. You have to learn from the best personal development coaches and teachers in the world. And you gotta stay inspired and accountable so that you can be more focused, disciplined, joyous, and keep growing. That's what the Growth Day app is gonna help you to do, my friend. It's the world's first all-in-one personal development app. It has all of the tools you need, all the coaching and the community that you need to level up, to progress every week, to track your breakthroughs, and to keep growing in every area of your life consistently over the long term. So go start your transformation right now at growthday.com or just download the Growth Day app on your phone right now. Every day, you can keep improving. Every day, we are here for you. And every day is truly a great day to grow together. So let's make self-improvement a way of life. Let's make that self-improvement stick. Go to growthday.com right now. Number six, what are the new trends that will affect my career in three years from now? And what do I need to start learning? What are the trends? So I'm always looking for trends. What do I think are the trends in the marketplace? Okay, do I think that trend is going to impact us in three years? Notice, I don't even care about the trend now. This, is, this forces me to be strategic, this question. What are the new trends, meaning the ones happening now, that will affect my career in three years? And do I need to start learning them now? So I'm always watching. I'm never reactive. I'm watching to see how it develops. I'm learning 
And if anything, I'll make the shift or the change within or at the end of a three-year period. No hurry. I've never been in a hurry. I'm always the strategic chess player. And that doesn't make me right. I've missed some trends. But over a decade, because I think in three-year blocks, I've outlasted a lot of people who are just trendy. And so I feel like you asking a question in your career or your life that forces you to think in a three-year horizon is a really useful one for reinvention. Just like Mel Robbins was saying, if you're only planning in six months, I'm gonna encourage you to think in 60 months. That's the same message I'm delivering here. It's a longer term vision that allows you to be thoughtful and intentional in architecting the future that you want and you'll need to have to deal with the world. Next up, number seven, who do I admire need to learn from or want to do a deal with? And how can I get in a room with them this year? Love this question. Love this question. Who do I admire, need to learn from, or want to do a deal with? And how do I get in a room with them this year? I've asked myself this question for 20 years. If everyone's like, how does Brendan have such an amazing network? Because I force this question on my brain every year. You know, it's like, okay, I have a list of people I admire, a list of people I want to learn from, and a list of people I want to do a deal with. And I just constantly think about, okay, how do I get in a room with them? I ask my friends for introductions. I DM on the social media. I cold email if I have their contact. I find out they're speaking at a conference. I get to that conference and try to raise my hand and ask a question or try to meet the conference coordinator to get their contact or to add a piece of value in some way. And I'm just thinking about that because listen, as your, you've always heard this phrase, and I just wish they taught it in school when you're young, your net worth is based on your network. And so the, I grew up in a place where there was no network. I grew up in a place that was economically disadvantaged where there wasn't any wealth on either side of the tracks. There was, uh, you know, just a difficult place to grow up. There was no network. I never even got taught to think about building my own network because I thought you had a network. No, if you are passive in life, you have a network. If you are assertive, proactive, and into self-improvement in life, you build your network. You actively build it. You choose to build it. Even if you're not surrounded by that, even if you, from where you grew up or what you look like, where you came from, what your background is, isn't advantageous to having a network, okay, go build one. That's our job, to go build the network that we want. I did it through mostly volunteering. I didn't have a network, but I found out successful people volunteer, they give back, and they happen to be on the boards of nonprofits. I was like, oh, I like to volunteer. I like to meet high-end successful people in the cities and towns I lived in. So I would volunteer. I'd meet these amazing people who are on the board of the nonprofit because they're also volunteering, painting the schoolyard with me, you know, handing out the meals with me. They're shoulder to shoulder, impressive human beings. I thought, wow, these people are amazing. And a lot of my network built from just volunteering. Then I'd volunteer at conferences to meet more speakers. Then I'd volunteer, uh, you know, for, for me, as I got older and uh, on different boards for six months or 12 months and meet a higher level of service people. And over the, over the while, just my network grew. And now today, you know, I remember one year I said in front of one of my audiences, I said, I'd sure like to meet the president and work with the president a little bit right now. And whatever it was, six, seven months later, I spent three hours at dinner with the U.S. president. Like, I could have never imagined where I came from if I just had a network versus chose to build a network. So I asked this question, who do I admire, 
Can I get in a room with them? Who do I need to learn from? Can I get in a room with them? Who do I want to deal with? Can I get in a room with them? Right? And even if that means, y'all, a Zoom room, all right? Can I get somebody on the Zoom? Can I get somebody on the FaceTime? You know, but I prefer to be in person so that I have an opportunity to create a real connection. But a lot of it in the last couple of years was all virtual, which is still great. Okay, where are we at? Number eight. Love this one. You guys will like this one. Where do I want to travel? And how can I make it an epic trip without any work at all? This is me personally. Where do I want to travel? Where do I want to go? And how can I set that up and go do that without work? Because I think reinventing our lives, that sense of aliveness sometimes comes from travel, seeing new places, experiencing the world, variety. And so I think a lot of people, they reinvent their life, but they reinvent their life into the same next level of comforts and certainties. They change, but they change location in the same comfort zone. I'm like, oh, you want to reinvent your life? Add a little sprinkle or bust that little circle of a boundary and insert adventure. Put a little adventure in there. There's adventure in your hometown waiting for you. There's adventure in your country waiting for you. There's adventure around the globe waiting for you. For me, my favorite adventure is traveling. I love to go travel, see new things, try new things. And in those locations, be adventurous. You know, eat the foods, meet the people, do the zip lines, get in the ocean, climb the mountain, whatever the thing is. And that sense of aliveness is spurred for me. And I think a lot of people, they think they have to reinvent their whole life when really what they are is majorly hungry for a little more adventure and variety. What they really are hungering for is to see a little bit of the world. They're bored with the same old, same old that they've always experienced, where they came from with the same people. And they just need a little variety, a little mix of experience in different places with different cultures. I also believe that the more you travel, the more grateful you are as a human being. And I can say that after coaching people for 15 years, those who travel more had more perspective, managed their emotions better, handled conflict with others better, made less assumptions without, with others, and they were just way more deeply appreciative of what they had. Because when you travel the world, you can't help but see how impoverished so much of the world still is, how lacking in basic needs the world still is. And when you recognize that and you think about your Wi-Fi in your house and you think about the food that you have a couple blocks down the way and you think about you know, the fact that you have transportation, education, healthcare, all of a sudden you have a different perspective. At least that's been my learning. So for those of you who just feel like you got to shake up your whole life, I always tell people, before you have a midlife crisis, go tour the world for two months. Just pause the divorce, pause the buying the Porsche, pause, you know, the, the I got to change my whole career and, and just for just head over to a different country, spend two or three weeks there, think about it. See the world, get some perspective, then come back. If the decision's the same, the decision's the same, but it won't hurt hanging out for three weeks to eight weeks to figure it out. And I just tell people, travel. I just feel like it solves so many problems. Did you ever go somewhere and it's like, whoa, there's a whole other level of living. Sometimes it's just like, wow, you go to a place it's like, bam, your whole world opens to another level. I mean, I remember, I thought I thought big in the world and then I went to, you know, Banff or I went to Glacier Park and I was like, wow. Or I, I thought I understood, you know, the world. And then I was in Johannesburg and I was in, you know, Mexico and I was in, uh, you know, uh, Brazil. And it's just like, as I travel, it's like, wow, you know, new mindset, I think can be part of a reinvention. Okay. Uh, number nine. I love this so much. 
Number nine is how do I fall in love with the city that I am in? How do I fall in love with the city I am in? Most people actually live in an amazing place and they have no idea. They haven't been to little restaurants. They haven't found the bookstores. They haven't found their friends that they go out and have a, a wine or a tea with. They haven't built a real community to fall in love with that town. They don't even know their town. You know, they haven't even rode a bike around their town. They, they don't know the cool streets or the off the beaten path shops. They also, because they don't know that, they don't know the shop owner. They don't know the librarian. They don't know the barista. They don't know that restaurateur. They don't know that civic leader. They don't know, the, they don't know anything about the place they live in. And they wonder, why do I feel so displaced all the time? Why don't I feel grounded more? Why don't I have a community? I'm like, you don't even know your town. You gotta know your town. Hey, listen, thank you, Pam. Pam says, I'm guilty of this. You know, it's like, that's real. I think, by the way, especially in this modern era, I think most people in towns, say above 70,000 people are guilty of this. I've been guilty of this, but when you make an active effort, everything changes. I remember when we lived in Portland and we were just like, we're gonna find our places here. And my wife had built exercise studios in Portland and kind of found her tribe and found her people. And, but even after, I don't know how many years we lived there, I feel like a decade, we still, when we left, thought, I, I felt like there's still a lot more we could, could do and explore here. And I love that feeling. I definitely feel like that with Puerto Rico where we lived. I don't feel like I got to explore Puerto Rico half as much as we wanted because of half the time we were under COVID. And so it just, the pandemic changed things for us. But I really do believe, you know, um, as you live in places, you get to know them better. I remember I grew up, uh, I went to college at the University of Montana in Missoula, Montana. I know every inch of that town. I mean, every inch. You could tell me a house and I could find, I mean, it was like, because I biked and rode and jogged and ran and hiked. I knew every inch of that town. I felt so grounded and so connected. And I'm going to try to do that where we live now too. So I encourage you, build that community. Get to know the people who are in your community. Go out to the shops and the restaurants and the stores. Meet the small business people. Get to know your civic leaders. Get to know the town. Sometimes we think, I got to change towns. I'm like, you ain't even know your own town. Half the people, half the people, when I ask, what would you reinvent your life? Most people say, I would move to a new city. Second question I ask, how well do you know your city now on a scale of one to 10? 10, you deeply know every nook and cranny. One, you don't really know any. Most people are on level three or a four in this rating. They don't even know their own town. They want to up and move, reinvent. I'm like, you don't even know your own town. You're, the problem is you're going to end up in a new town with the same habits of non-exploration. And now you'll just be, the problem is every new town you move, you carry you with you. <laughs> so the town will feel fresh and shiny and new for one year. And then there you are with the same behaviors. And you're like, how come I moved and nothing in my life changed? You didn't change your behaviors. You didn't change how you engage with where you're at. I, I went from one marriage to another marriage to another marriage to another marriage. Well, the problem is you carried you in the same bag of tricks. You got to update your habits and your behaviors if you want a different result. Remember, you want a different result, different goals, different mindset, different habits. Keep up leveling those for the new context you are in changes the game. All right, number 10. I love this one. For those who hate me so far, and you're just like, God, Brandon, I just hate you so much. You're so annoying. I promise this question is worth it. This one question, you're like, okay, dang it, he's good. Here we go. What are the next five great adventures I'm gonna take with my spouse, my friends, and my family? Now, I've separated them. So if you're in, if you're in a partner relationship, What's the five great adventures you're going to take with that person you're in relationship with? Now, your friends, they get a five separate ones. And your family, they get five separate ones. 
Now you might say, oh my God, Brent, that's 15 different great adventures. I can't even pay the rent. I'm not asking you to do any crazy travel around the world stuff here. A great adventure can be a night out on the town together. Be it. Go out for dinner. A great adventure can be, you know, you're going to go to the park. You're going to spend a day at the park. You go learn how to play that crazy Frisbee game where you all break your ankles, run around. Whatever you can do. Right? You got to find out your own thing. But I love teaching people this. You and your partner or your spouse, you should have your own planned adventures together. It gives you something to look forward to. You know why a lot of people need to reinvent their lives? They haven't given themselves something to look forward to. So they think, I'll change my context and new things will come to me. I'm like, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. New goals, new mindset, new habits. I don't have anything to look forward to. That's why you plan adventures. You know, like Denise and I were like, okay, one of our great adventures might be very simple in town. Like we want to go visit this one place we heard about up in the country. Literally, we just got to drive there. That's the adventure. Just go there. Another great adventure is like, no, we want to go to Greece and just do Greece. Like do it right. Never been there. Okay, cool. Another great adventure with one of my friends is literally a fishing adventure. We're just going to go fish. We just drive to this place. We go fishing. That's a great adventure for us. You might have crazy grand adventures. You might have little, they can be simple. But the idea is the more you have to look forward to that you have conscientiously designed, planned and built in your life that brings a little bit of variety or adventure in your life, the less you feel right now, I need to reinvent everything. You know, when you feel like you need to reinvent everything, when you have nothing to look forward to. That's when you throw out the bath, the baby with the bath water. You go, I got nothing to look forward to. F it. I'm changing everything. But if you actually have something to look forward to as a couple, as a family, as a relationship, as you look forward to something, guess what? When you have something to look forward to, it's easier to deal with the muck of today. When things suck today, you can deal with it better because you're like, yep, this sucks. But you know what? There's a lot at the end of the tunnel because we're going to Greece, baby. Yeah, man, dealing with all this and moving this and this business and this thing. Oh, my gosh. But don't worry. Because in 60 days, we're going to be on that fishing trip. Because next weekend, we're going to the park. Whatever it is for you, have it. And I just gave you 15 things to look forward to. Something with your partner or spouse. Something with your friends. Something with your family. I promise you, change your life. For those who really want to deepen and reinvent your life, one of the biggest needle movers here that I can talk about is your friendships. Uh, we are experiencing an epidemic of loneliness because people are not reaching out and developing friendships. So please let me remind you here in Growth Day, we did an entire masterclass month on friendships. So if you go into your Growth Day app, I'm again bopping into the desktop here. But when I go into Growth Day, and I go to learn section. When I scroll down, it says watch past events here. I can choose the topics. So what do I want to learn about today? Well, I can learn about leadership, parenting, but look at this one, creating great friendships. So if I click on that, here are all these teachers from different walks of life, different fields of experience, all talking about developing great friendships. And I can tell you, I know these people, they are really good at friendships. And I bring this up, one, to just remind you, Growth Day Pro members, you just come to live events, and what you uniquely see is this watch past events. You can sort it by topic or by teacher. Pretty rad. But I also just want to remind you all, uh, as I share this, that... You know, that last question, can I create, you know, when, when we think about improving our lives, some great adventures with your friends more often will bring so much color and joy and vibrancy and pop to your life. You probably have friends. You don't do enough with them and enough new things with them to feel alive. 
I would share that as the central thing I have noticed in this last two years, of course, because people dealt with the pandemic, but it's just real. Most people don't leverage the beauty and the joy and the fulfillment of their own friendships. And so they think they have to reinvent everything else. But I'm like, man, if you could start with your friendships, deepen those, make those more fun, go do more things together, it will bring back the joy, the adventure, and the vibrancy in life. I promise you. And I was somebody who did not do good at making friends until I would say my late, no, I would say almost my early 30s. I had good friends, but I wasn't making great friends. I kind of ended up with some friends in my teens and 20s. But then I learned to make great friends and to build those relationships. And it significantly changed my vibe of the world. I have so much fun in my life. And I know that sounds like kind of geeky to say, but it's true. I love that I have fun in my life. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, oh no, I architect the fun. The fun doesn't just show up at your door. You got to make plans. You got to go get the fun. You got to go make the fun. You got to schedule the fun. And so I hope that if anything, if you hate me the whole thing, this last question of creating great adventures for you, your spouse, your partner, your family, your friends, it will bring more fun into your life, which will amplify the aliveness, which will amplify the connection you have, will amplify the meaningful pursuits, the adventures you have, and that will help you grow. I know that sometimes when people talk about reinventing your life, it's easy to go, yeah, yeah, that's easy for you guys to say, good job, Mel and Jonathan and Brendan and all you other growth day coaches. And if you find yourself there, I want to share this with you. Don't be embittered by where life has put you because you can shift and you can change. You can level up your goals, your mindset, and your habits. You've learned a lot about that today. And you'll learn a lot about that in this reinventing your life series we have for you here. I know how easy it is to get discouraged overwhelmed, upset, angry, and embittered in life because I spent plenty of time there as a teenager. The beautiful thing about your life now at this stage in this moment is you get to make more conscious choices about what you want. Even if you don't agree with anything I said today, you get to choose now. You get to architect the future you want. You get to design the future that you want and move every day a little more closely towards that because you're tracking your goals and your mindset and your habits. You're using growth day for that. You've got the journal, you've got the life score section and you got the plan section. If you use that every day, you're more on track to getting where you want to go. Is it okay that it might take you more than six months to change and to shift and to arrive at the idealized life? Yeah, just like Mel Robbins taught. Might not be six months, might be 60 months. But knowing that every day you're intentional, every day you are savoring it, as Jonathan taught, every day you're asking yourself the questions and being honest enough to answer them. And every day you're shaping that mindset. Every day you're tracking those habits. Every day you're planning those goals and you're just moving towards them. Even if you don't have the perfect days or achieve all of them, well then every day you did do something that's important. Every day you grew. Every day you grew. And the more that you grow, the more aliveness, connection, and meaning you end up with anyway. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brendan Show. Tell some people about this episode. It's on each of us to spread positivity and empowerment during these times of chaos and negativity, right? So I'm asking you to be the dealer of hope and personal growth and education in your tribe. So take a screenshot right now and share the screenshot and this link to this episode with three of your friends today. Post it on social media. Use the hashtag growth day. That's hashtag growth day because that's the name of my company. And we're always giving away prizes to our community. If you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. So my last thought for today, please remember, you are stronger than you think, and the future holds good things for you. Tomorrow can be an inspired day. Every new morning is a second chance. Every day is a great day to grow. 
We're thankful to have you here in the Growth Day community, so be sure to go deeper with us at growthday.com. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the U.S., you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brendan. Or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me. 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share, you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there. My team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503-212-6125. Hey, it's Brendan, and I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really, Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post. I can post. We can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio. So can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me, or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses, or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight. 
because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.